0: It's been a busy week for me. <laughs> um, I mentioned this to a few of you when you came in the door this morning, and I greeted you. I'm tired. Uh, you know, I, I, I've sort of always known that gradu- the week of graduation for for parents is is trying. Um, you know, the emotional, mental side of graduation week. It wears on you. I feel like like an eraser that's been used all year in math class. You know what I'm saying? And there's just little just little shards of myself just laying around the paper. That's kind of how I feel. And that I didn't even have that written down. That just came to me right now. That's that was just right now. It is tiring. And you know, my son isn't here this morning. Uh, which he talked to me about it, and it's good, and he's he's able to go to a friend's graduation party and all that stuff. And he's already heard what I'm going to say this morning anyways, but um, there's something unique about 18-year-olds. I'm not saying like that special kind of unique that's a good unique. It's something else. So the, the week's been a little much for me. It's been a little uh, trying at times. It's been good at times. It's been um, moments of... Happiness, moments of frustration, uh, moments of hard work, and, and really a lot of moments of just good times. Thank you so much for all of you that were able to make it to the party yesterday and, and uh, just share some tacos and sit down and have a nice conversation. So, thank you. But, you know, I've got this feeling of guilt hanging over me as a pastor right now. It's this feeling of, I'm supposed to have a unique sermon prepared every Sunday feeling. It just didn't happen this week. (laughs) I thought, you know, in my mind of minds, I would just have this great sermon just ready to go. And I sat there at my computer, and I was praying, Lord God, give me inspiration. And that was the end of that. So, you know, what what I've decided to do, and I think this is maybe okay, um, I'm going to give the baccalaureate sermon that I gave last Wednesday. So some of you heard the baccalaureates. A few of you were at baccalaureate, and thank you for coming. You're going to hear it again. So I don't know if that's good, bad, or otherwise, probably a mixture of all. Um, But I, I think it's worth hearing. I think it's worth us hearing what the Lord gave to me and to the other pastors that day to the seniors. So I'm going to say it again. And even though some of you have already heard it once, I hope you won't spoil it. Um, but I think it's it's worth it's worth a listen. So I'm going to go like this, and we're going to see what happens if I do it again. So I want you to imagine um, in the 2000 gym there are. 20 seniors sitting in front of me, so that's pretty good. There were 39 graduating seniors this year, and 20 of them were at Baccalaureate. I was happy that there was more than half. Uh, Remember, Baccalaureate is a worship service, and so it is optional for students to be there. So back in your day and in my day, they didn't really tell us Baccalaureate was optional. They just kind of expected you to be there. But that is not the way it is anymore, is it? I was happy that we had half. And then the band was there, so a couple band members that are here, poor Aiden, he's going to have to listen to my sermon again. Uh, you know, it's, it's good that the band was there, and then there was probably about between 80 and 90 other people present, maybe. So we're looking at, well, that might be a little much, probably 100 people were there, 100 to 120, Okay. So I got up in front of the seniors, and here is what I said. Seniors, thank you for participating in the baccalaureate service. I appreciate that you are here. You are our future, and we have gathered here in this place tonight to invest in you, to encourage you, and to spur you on toward a life lived well. That's an interesting phrase. A life lived well. What does it mean to live life well? There are many, many voices screaming in your ears, trying to tell you that they know what it means to live a life well. They want to give you the answer to that question. Some will tell you that a life lived well means making lots of money. Or having a good job. Some will tell you that a life lived well means having lots of friends and family surrounding you. And others will say that a life lived well is all about experiencing as much fun as you can. Seeking happiness above everything else. Still others might say that a life lived well is accomplished by contributing to the world in some way that the world becomes a better place because of your presence. Money, jobs, friends, family, fun, happiness, and contributing to the world, all of those things are good. In fact, they can be very good. These are things worth striving for. Don't you agree? But do any of those things... Or even all of those things together actually sum up a life lived well. You're just now finishing your time of education in preparation for life. This moment is a turning point moment. This is the moment when you move from preparation to action. This is the moment when you move from being considered a child to an adult. What will you do with this preparation you have achieved? How will you start your journey of life living well? Well, I'd like to show you. Dale, would you help me out up here a little bit? I need one more volunteer. Who would like to volunteer to help me with this little illustration? Anybody? All right, Shirley. So come right up here. (laughs) <laughs> okay, here you go. Okay, stretch that out. Stretch that out. All right, you don't have to pull hard. This isn't like the other analogy. What is two rope analogies I've done in the past couple of months? Maybe that's too many. I don't know. Okay, so this rope um, is going to help me illustrate this. I want to imagine that this rope is the timeline of your life. It's, I did timeline. It's a timeline. I like timelines. And apparently I like ropes, so apparently it's a combination of two great illustrations. All right, so this is 80 inches, 80 inches long. So each inch on this timeline represents one year. The average lifespan of an American right now is about 80 years. So this is 80 years. This red section right here, that's high school. That's four years of high school. Right there. 5% of your life is high school. So, seniors, you're right there. Some of the rest of us are in different spots on this timeline. Right? But But there's, there's high school, everybody. 5%. Now, I don't know... If you're in high school right now, I'm guessing, like there's a group over there, they're looking a little rough. They're thinking, this is the longest little chunk of red I've ever experienced in my life. That's probably what you feel right now. But it's only 5%. Only 5%. And so those of you in high school, you haven't even completed 20% of your life. You've got 80% of your life ahead of you. You know, from here to here, There are so many joys and sorrows to be faced, so many opportunities and calamities, so many chances to live life well, to make decisions about money and jobs and friends and family and fun and happiness and contributing to the world and marriage for some. You have such an opportunity in front of you, high schoolers. Look at the opportunity you have in front of you. But I wonder. I wonder if something might be missing from our equation. Something important. Thanks, you guys can just take a seat in the front row. I'll be calling on you again shortly. I am a Christian. I believe that Jesus Christ is God. And that Jesus Christ came to earth as a man 2,000 years ago to teach us how to live, to die for our sins, and to offer us the gift of salvation and eternal life. I also believe that the Bible is God's word to us, to guide us in all that we need for living life well. I'm going to open the Bible now and read a few passages. And what do I always say? Before you read the Bible, you should pray. The few of you that were sparse out in the audience that night said, pray. It was good. So let's pray. Lord God, we do ask that you would speak to us now from your word. Holy Spirit, we need you to interpret for us your word to us. Help us, Lord. To make this word, your word, part of who we are. Amen. Mark chapter 8, verse 36 will be on the screen. And I had this printed in the Baccalaureate bulletin for the students. These are the words of Jesus, the words from Scripture. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? You know, Jesus has a way of giving us a new and better perspective on life than we had before, doesn't he? You see, Jesus wants us to know that my rope illustration is not correct. This short piece of rope that we just had up here, um, 80 inches long, 80 years, but according to Jesus, my rope illustration is wrong. I wonder, do you think we could get it right? Let's give it a try. Shirley and Dale, would you come back up here? Let's see if we can't get this right. So let's see what the correct illustration should be. Just keep going. You can come over here, Shirley. Right there. Yep. Same spot you were before. Right there. Okay. Pull it tight. All right, Dale. Just, yep, here, just kind of there. and There you go. Hold on to that. Mark, would you hold on to that right there? There you go. Okay. There's a bump along eternity right there. (laughs) This, this, come over here, thank you. This is what life actually is. And you see this little four-inch bit of red? That's your 80 years. This is eternity. And it doesn't stop. There you go. You know what completely blows me away? Is that almost everyone that I know... No, you're staying up here. You can get out of here. You just stay right here. We're not ready to pick it up yet, Dale. So... This, this four years right here, hold that up, Shirley, it blows me away that almost everybody I know is super, super concerned about that. Like, really, really concerned. You know, I really need to work hard during this part so that in this part I can really relax. Did you get that? That's really important. Really, really, really important. Right, and I got to do all this preparation, and I got to think things through, and I got to get all. Got to marry the right person, and I got to do everything's got to work out just perfectly because that is super, super important. Money, jobs, friends, family, fun, happiness, and contributing to the world. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to save, save, save. Are you kidding me? Seriously, are you kidding me? What about this part? Do you understand? And this is important. What you do with the red part determines what happens in the white. Do you understand that? Millions and millions of years into eternity are determined by this 80-year section. Right here. Most people will tell you to spend all of your effort on this part right here, making sure you get ahead. Making sure you get enough money and making sure you do all of those things. But I want to I want you to see how crazy this is. It's crazy. It's a crazy way of thinking. Thinking only about this in light of eternity is crazy. Philippians three, thirteen and fourteen. Dave. There you go. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Our goal is not here. Our goal is here. Which goal are you stressing towards? Which goal are you pressing towards? I want you to see this. A life lived well is a life that keeps this in mind all the time. That is a life lived well. Not this. This. You see, there's coming a moment in our life. There's coming a moment in your life. When you will stand before Almighty God. And you will give an account of your life. A life lived well is one in which you remember this rope analogy as you make the decisions that determine your course. A life lived well is one in which God is kept as your priority in all ways. Seniors and everyone gathered here today. The perspective you have on the timeline of your life determines how you live. If you believe that life ends at death, that is how you will live. If you believe that life begins at death, that is how you will live. A life lived well is one in which your perspective is eternity. Thank you. And so in the school gym that night at Baccalaureate, I then got to say this next section. And I had sent out a prayer request uh, earlier that day that I said I was going to share the gospel. So I'm going to share the gospel again and just know that those seniors got a chance to hear this. So how does this actually work? How do you actually arrive at this kind of belief? I mentioned before that our school and our community have invested and do invest in you high schoolers. We do. We care about you. We do. Of course, the school has not taught you high schoolers about these things. They have not taught you directly about eternal things. The United States of America has decided that our government and our public education system is best to stay out of this discussion because they will probably distort the discussion, won't they? Because of this, the school has focused on and is focused on preparing you for the 80 years. The school focuses on preparing you for the 80 years of your life. They leave it up to family and to church to prepare you for eternity. How do you prepare for the rest of your existence? your eternal life? Well, it starts by recognizing that we human beings already know God. Romans 1:20 says, "For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse." You may have heard me say this recently, but it's worth repeating. My job as a preacher is not to convince people that God exists. It's not my job. People already know. Do you see that? <laughs> I don't need to convince you that God exists. It's hardwired into us, to use a computer term. So, my job as a preacher is not to convince you that God exists. My job is to present you with the good news of Jesus Christ. In some ways, it's like two people are separated by a wall. Are you, is this sounding familiar? I'm on one side. I've made it over the wall. You're over there. It's like I'm, I'm throwing a ladder over. I'm saying, come over here. I, this is how you get over this. This is how you do this. Here's the ladder. Here's how you get over to, the, to life. This is life. This is eternal life with God. This is good news. A life of meaning and purpose can be yours. Here's how. Take the rope. Take the good news. You see, the problem with most people is not believing that God is real. The problem for most people is believing God in such a way that they give up control of their life to him. That's the real problem. A lot of people believe in God, but never give God control. You see that? In fact, from what we just read in Romans, everybody believes in God. The question isn't belief. People think that somehow they're going to be saved because they believe in God. Even the demons believe in God and shake. Remember that verse from James? Believing in God, believing that God exists, isn't salvation. Submitting to God. Giving your life to God. Allowing God to control your life. That's where that kind of saving belief comes from. And God is trustworthy. He loves you. He walks with you. He's willing to carry you when times are tough. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Life to the full. Eternal life. Salvation. Salvation. Receiving the good news of Jesus. All of these things are the same. They are gifts that God offers to us. A gift is not something that you can earn, is it? You don't earn salvation by doing good things. Salvation is a gift that God offers you. It is freely given. But even a gift that is given freely can be rejected. Can't it? If someone tries to give you a gift, you didn't earn that gift. But you can say no to it. You can say no thank you. I do not receive the gift that you are given me. You do have the free will, and everyone does, to say no. That's the gift that ever, or that that gift is offered but can be rejected. And what does it mean to say no to God? Well, it's it's a word that is out of fashion right now. Sin. We don't like to talk about sin, do we? You can't tell me I'm sinning because you're judging me. I'm reading what the Bible's saying. Hey, y'all, this is about an eternity for you. So if, if your feelings are hurt because God said what you're doing is wrong, okay. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm trying to warn you, and even better, I'm trying to tell you the good news of how to have victory over this thing. Praise God. There's victory available over sin. Come on, holiness people. Yes. Right? Praise God. This is good news. Sin is a word we don't like to use very much today. But a definition of sin is simply choosing yourself instead of choosing God. I mean, that's really what sin is. You choose yourself instead of choosing God. And put that in any situation, that's a definition of sin. I choose myself instead of choosing God. Not tricky. Well, Romans 3.23 has something to say about this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So, we've all done this at some point in our life. We've all said, I choose myself instead of God. And when you do that, you fall short. And what happens, Romans 6.23 tells us what happens. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The death in this passage for the wages of sin is death. It's not just physical death. The death in this passage that is being referred to here is the eternal separation from God. It's not just to die physically. We believe that God, from Scripture, God is light and life and love. He's all good things. He's the source of all good things. That is who God is. So when we talk about death being separated from God, death means you're being separated from everything that is good. The common understanding of hell in our society today is the devil running around with a pitchfork and it's warm. Right? That's that's what we call hell. Hell is much worse than that. If only hell were that easy. Hell is a place where there is nothing good. You are separated eternally from even experiencing anything good. That is hell. You will no longer have light. You will no longer have hope. You don't even have the hope of hope in hell. It's bad. Now, here's what's amazing. Salvation is not something that you can earn. Remember, it's a gift. But you can earn the opposite. Notice in this passage right here, the wages of sin is death. A wage is something you earn for doing work. Do you understand? You cannot earn salvation, but you can earn the opposite. It is a wage. Hell is something you earn. Heaven is a gift you can receive. You earn hell by saying, no thank you to God. You receive heaven by saying yes to receiving the gift. So how do you say yes to God? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Friends, this is how you enter God's family. You just say yes. You confess and believe. Many of you, many of you in this auditorium have heard this message of salvation before and many of you have believed in Jesus and have accepted Him as your Savior. My hope Tonight, <laughs> well, this afternoon, well, this morning, my hope is that you remember, remember the rope analogy. I said to the seniors on bec night, you might not remember a lot of what I say. Please don't forget this. That's not all there is. My hope is that those seniors, for the rest of their life, will remember this rope. Oh, actually, I hope they remember the other one (laughs) even more. And, of course, my ultimate hope is that those seniors and you will understand what it means to follow Jesus and the eternal implications of what I've said today. Eternal implications. Are you willing to accept the gift and say that Jesus is your Lord? Do you believe that he has defeated death for you? Do you believe that he loves you and wants to give you the gift of eternal life? Then I urge you don't wait another moment. Accept him today. Let him lead you this day and to eternity. That was my message to our seniors at Baccalaureate. It's my message to you today, too. There very likely is someone or some couple in here that have never actually done Romans 10 9 and ten have not accepted Jesus Christ have not have not said I confess and believe in Jesus Christ do you know how much rejoicing there would be in heaven if in this moment you said I need to get right with God now I mean we would be excited here we would we would stand up and sing praises and hug you and all that stuff. And in heaven, it says that the angels just go crazy when people accept Jesus, when they accept the gift. That's why we say accept Jesus. You accept the gift. So here you go. If you have not accepted the gift of Jesus Christ, come forward now. This is a big chance right now. Come right up here and I will pray with you and everybody will sit here and then when you stand up, they'll all be like, yay! Because we're so excited. So I'm going to pray. And as we pray, if you feel God leading you, then come up here and everybody will just wait and we'll pray together at the cross and then we're going to celebrate. So pray with me, would you? Lord God, in this moment, this is your moment. And if there is someone here right now that they can feel you pulling on their soul, on their heart, on the very essence of who they are, to come to you, to ask forgiveness for the life that they've lived so that they can be made right with you, to accept the gift of salvation that's offered. In this moment, I would ask that that person would rise and come to the altar. The gift of refreshment awaits in this moment for you. And for those of you at home, if you are listening to this and you recognize that God is moving in your life right now, then just in your living room, go to your knees and pray to God. Ask him to forgive you for your life that you've lived away from him. Choose to follow God now. Confess Jesus as your Savior. Live for Him. Receive the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. And now in all of these things, Lord, we just say thank you. You are so good to us. And as we contemplate what our true life looks like, Lord, we just say thank you. And we so look forward to eternity with you. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Thank you. Happy Memorial Day weekend to all of you. Enjoy a beautiful weekend.